Welcome to Healthcare Hacks and Connections Podcast. Here you will learn all things podcasting, acquiring amazing tips and tricks required to transform your podcast into an essential tool to grow your business. On this show, we will bring in expert guests from across the healthcare spectrum. They will share their personal stories, discuss their struggles, and give real examples of how a podcast helped to grow their business. Now let's head into this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today, guys, I brought someone on. Mainly, we don't have Kairos on this podcast as much as we should. I mm. wish we we did. But if you're a Kairo out there, create more podcasts so then we can reach out to you. <laughs> and we can hear what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. But I want to invite Dr. Tom onto the podcast today. He currently owns his own practice. He's employing other healthcare practitioners. So he does not have that scarcity mindset that we've been trying to really get through these past couple episodes is working with each other. So I love that he's doing this. He brings in massage therapists, exercise physiologists, estheticians into his own practice. He basically has told me before this interview is that if he feels his clients, his patients need it, he'll bring it in. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the 30 years experience that he has today. And as we called it earlier before his interview, let's talk about healthcare, not sick care. Yes, absolutely. Which I love. So <laughs> let's welcome Dr. Tom to the podcast. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate it. And excited to talk to you because your approach of what it, we're trying to do with our practices. But at the same time, if you don't look at that business perspective, mm-hmm. you can't keep your doors open to do the treatments that you want to do. Yes. And I'm on the phone with other chiropractors, other physicians. How do I make my practice work? And it's like, you've got to expand. It takes a certain resource to bring a patient in. And because of what we do in our practice and all the different modalities that we have, when our patients go out and talk to other people, well, Dr. Waldorf does that. Yeah, Dr. Waldorf does that. So I'm not just getting somebody in that's like, my neck hurts or my back hurts. I'm getting people in with peripheral neuropathy. I'm getting people in that have weight issues. We're going to start getting people in because we're going to start marketing on hormonal imbalances. And then potentially doing some injections with an orthopedic surgeon into shoulders and knees, because Mm -hmm. my perspective as a chiropractor is let's do everything as least invasive as possible. And it's unfortunate. What I'm trying to change the dynamic is chiropractors should be your first approach. We're not invasive. Mm -hmm. We get the joints moving. We help heal tissues. We help stabilize and strengthen. That is our focus. But if you're so injured that that can occur, then we start looking at other modalities. Do we do injections? Try to Uh stay away from steroid shots, but do PRP, do stem cell, do all of these other things to help heal the tissue. And if we get to a point, like I've got patients with knee issues, they don't have any cartilage left in their knee. Mm -hmm. You know, can we give you another six months to another two years of active lifestyle before you have that surgery? We know it's going to happen. But let's keep you going. Let's one of our saying is a better life through motion. Let's keep you moving, keep you active. That's what we call active life. Yeah. Until you absolutely need that surgery. Because I tell patients every day, I said, you look at somebody that got a knee surgery 20 years ago versus today. It's totally, totally different. So yeah. who knows what another five, 10 years is going to bring to having something repaired. So my role here is, is to really help patients get whatever they, they need to be able to stay active. Mm-hmm. And when we start talking about healthcare and wellness, that is such an open arena, right? It's so big. Mm-hmm. What does that really mean to be healthy and have wellness? Well, it's to be able to wake up in the morning and look at life as you want to really do it. You want to live it. You want to go out and you can go kayaking. You can go hiking. You can go running and biking and all those things. That to me is wellness. 
And, you know, we get patients in here that can't do any of that. So what, what are they experiencing? They're not experiencing health. They're not well. <laughs> so we have to get them to that place. And if all I did was the one single modality in my practice, I would be doing exactly what you're saying we shouldn't be doing. And that's referring out and then never having contact with that patient again. Mm -hmm. And so I've got relationships with other orthopedists. I got relationships with pain management doctors. They treat the patients. They come back to me. I am, as we like to kind of say, I'm the quarterback. Yeah. I'm throwing the patients to that guy, to that guy, yeah. to that guy. And they said, okay, bring it back to me now. I need that football back. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see how they're doing. And it works extremely well. But I'm going to tell you, Nathan, when I first got out of school, I had the fortunate experience of right. I went to Palmer West in, in Santa Clara, California, and I got to work with a lot of researchers, a lot of PhDs, uh -huh. got to go right into an occupational clinic right out of residency and learn all what it was like to integrate yeah. um, 30 years ago, which it, when it didn't exist and how to work with an orthopedist and physical therapist and OTs. So that was the Bay Area. So I come back into Stockton, California, where my family lived yeah. and I start trying to do the same thing. I took out 50 MDs to lunch. One, <laughs> one of them sent me a patient. He was my personal physician. That was yeah. it 30 years ago. Now it's definitely changing. Still, we definitely still need to do a lot of work, but it's changing. So what do you think of that approach of like taking people out to lunch and dinner because I've had physicians on the podcast and they told me like, they don't even like bat an eye with that anymore, really. Well, you know, part of my bat, bat past experiences, I, I have a kind of sounds funny, but a pharmaceutical company Okay, <laughs> and became part of what I did from being involved in industrial medicine workers comp. And that company provides doctors to dispense medications, nutraceuticals, medical foods, all these things in their practice. Uh -huh. Well, it got to a point after 10, 15 years with my sales force that taking in, taking in lunch was expected. And you mm -hmm. were lucky if the doctor showed up. It was yeah. mostly for the staff. Yep. And so I said, we're not doing that anymore. So we started going to phone calls. We did PowerPoint presentations with WebEx and all these different things. And this hadn't even come up yet. Nobody wanted to see each other. Yeah. You know, we didn't have Zoom. We didn't want nope. to look at videos. Nobody wanted to do that. But we we educated doctors over the phone mm -hmm. to, and they gave us time then. But this is the key, Nathan. There has to be a benefit to that doctor. Mm -hmm. And it's usually financial. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it know, is. They don't have time to go out to lunch with you. Yep. They don't have time to go peek their head in while the staff is enjoying your $300 lunch yeah. to say hi and walk back to do their charting. Exactly. We just don't have that. So my perspective is, is how do other chiros or any other practitioner do it? It has to be a value add. You've got to say, this is why you want to do this with me. Yep. And again, non-invasive. We might be doing some injections, but I'm not going to be going down to the local surgery center and personally working on a knee. Yeah. <laughs> or a shoulder or any of these. And I get patients all the time that just aren't recovering from what we do here. Mm -hmm. So guess what, doctor, orthopedic surgeon, I need you to see my patient. And that's the benefit. That's the relationship. Yeah. And then I keep working with them if it's reciprocal. If it's not reciprocal, hasta la vista. You know, I'm not going to be sending you anybody else because you're not incorporating what I'm doing with what you're doing. Yeah, And so that's been, it's taken time here in Reno, Nevada. I started, I moved here in 2011, was running my other business, got talked into going back into practice. I'm like, I really miss this. <laughs> I need to start practicing again. And it's taken a while to get those connections, but yeah, it's doable. But you have to, you can't be so focused on what you do every day to be able to, to make that work. Mm -hmm. You have to spend time just like I'm doing with you today. My Tuesdays and Thursdays are focused on reach out communication with other providers with mm -hmm. doing things like this, 
reaching out to patients, doing my marketing and educating. Uh, that's my biggest thing is mm-hmm. most of my patients that come into my practice don't know what is going on with them. And they've seen multiple providers. And yeah. I said, did they tell you what actually is going on? I just had that yesterday with a cancer patient. Do you know why you can't feel your feet and your hands? Yeah. No, I really don't understand what's going on. A friend just told me I should come and see you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, we got a conversation to have here. Mm-hmm. And after I was done, she goes, I want to do the program. I'm like, okay. And that's the thing. I think one of the your interests was how do you develop your business? Yeah. You develop your business by educating and telling them the truth. <laughs> you know, I know other providers that do the big dog and pony show and try to fear monger and get people so scared that they make a rash decision. And that's not healthcare. You know, that's no. scare tactics. And I, I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so for me, it's it's communicating with other providers, communicating with your patients, educating is the key and and then saying this is what my experience over the last 30 years has brought me to and why i believe that you're going to do well with this program and the majority of my patients say okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because i'm not i'm not trying to sell i think that's the biggest thing for us as providers is we can't sell we have to recommend Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) And let, let the patient make that decision. Yes, because it ultimately is their decision at the end of the day. I love that you brought up the fear mongering because I feel like, especially when you're under a physician in like a quote unquote mm-hmm. mill clinic, right? There's yeah. a lot of fear mongering because, you know, they're going to push them to surgery because then that lines their pockets, right? A little bit more, yeah. right? But what I love about what you were saying is that like you play the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is great. And you control it because you're, if it's say like you throw, you throw a, a pass out and Hey, you didn't pick up the block. <laughs> right. Or something yeah. like that. And you know, you have to get the ball back and it's like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't pick up the block there. So, you know, like actually, you know what? You're cut, you're cut from the team. <laughs> yeah. You're out of here. <laughs> right. I love that you said that because I think a lot of people out there think like, they have to abide, not abide by the physician, but it's, it's like kiss the feet. Kiss the of, ring. Yeah. Kiss, kiss, the, kiss ring. the ring. Kiss yeah. the ring. Here, here you go. <laughs> kiss it. Right. Right. And it's like, you really don't. No. And if you, you, you have power as a healthcare provider. Well, my power comes from my patients. Yes. That's you true. Know, my power comes from my patients and the fact that they get better. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've mm-hmm. had patients come in well, I'm not going to get any better. I said, well, <laughs> this might not be the right place for you because you're going to get better. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, Nathan, is I didn't realize this when I was getting out of practice. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I was going to not only have to be the quarterback, but the cheerleader. <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. patients come in. I mean, I've had patients that have been through the ringer and they're broken. And they just don't think they're ever going to get better. Mm-hmm. And by the time I'm done with them, they're in here crying and they still can't believe it's possible. And then three to six months later, they're jumping and skipping into the clinic. Yeah. Because they're like, I didn't think this could really happen. Yep. And so there's so much to being optimistic for your patient's benefit. And as a provider that that can be difficult doing Mm -hmm. that every day, (laughs) you know, because patients take it from you, but that's the profession that we've gotten into. That's how you become successful. That's how you build your practice is making sure that the patients are able to stay motivated and not lose hope. That was one of the biggest things for me is, the patients that come here without hope and other ones that come in here thinking, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, yeah, well, particularly people in car accidents. Yeah. I'm like, well, you wait for three or four weeks or three or four days. And then you tell me how you feel. I always use this analogy. I said, how fast can you run? Uh, Maybe a mile, two miles an hour. I said, how fast were you going in that car? 
Oh, it's only 30 miles an hour. I said, your body's not made for 30 miles an hour. I said, your body is going to feel that 30 miles an hour. Yeah. And so, you know, it's really getting people to understand what is really going on and what it is we can do. Yeah. I think that's that's part of our problem is that we really are not letting people understand what it is is going on and what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, we're using that football analogy, you know, the quarterback, the cheerleader, but then I'm also the coach and I'm also the trainer. Yeah. <laughs> that's in there taking care of people. And I tell patients all the time, your health is not my responsibility. It's yours. Mm-hmm. You made the first right step by coming here, but you're going to have to put in the work. And that's the other thing too. And you're going to have to show up. You're going to have to be compliant. You're going to have to meet with all the different providers. And if you want this outcome, and I have a massage therapist right now. She doesn't work for our practice, um, but her wrists are really, really bad um, from doing the massage work for decades. Yeah. And they all end up blowing out the wrist. And the first time her dad comes to me and the first time she came to me, I adjusted her and did what's called the tissue laser. Uh-huh. And three treatments later, she goes, it's gone. I've done everything. I've stretched it. I've, I've done everything as a massage therapist and nothing worked. How did this work? And I'm like, it's mobility and it's healing. The deep tissue laser has been around for 50 years. They were using it on animals by veterinarians for the last 40 years. Yeah. It's, it's brand new technology that nobody knows about. And I said, but it works. And then so six months later, just recently, she came back. She goes, it's been great for six months. Now it's coming back again. I said, well, have you stopped doing massage? <laughs> it's not going to stay away. You're going to have to keep staying on top of it. Uh-huh. And then I start talking about, okay, so now we get your wrist better. What else do you want to work on? And she goes, I'm going to work on my weight. I'm going to work on my energy. I want to work on my mood, all of these different things. And I said, well, this is what we're going to start doing in the practice. She goes, let me be the first one. And so that's another thing I have for doctors is you do one thing right with your patients, everything else you start talking and educating them about, they're going to want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I think as a a building business idea, that's the key. And like you had mentioned a little while ago, keep that circle going, you know, from I'm in pain. I want to get healthier. I want to be preventative. And that's every aspect of what we take in our practice. Uh, So you get them. And like we were talking about, like the CrossFit gym owner that I was talking about, you know, it's like maybe you network with this guy and, you know, he has some of your patients that you've discharged. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, they're there, but then they get it re-injured. It's like, okay, well then now you're going to go back to step one. Right. You're right here again. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got cross training is great for me. (laughs) Yeah, people really get hurt doing cross training. Yeah, <laughs> I tell patients all the time. I said, uh, "Do you want to get healthy, or do you want to keep breaking yourself?" I said, "You got to really be in the right mindset and for the right reasons to do clean and jerks, because that is really hard on your body." I used to deadlift and power lift, or power lift when I was in college, and the weights that we were moving. Would not recommend anybody to do <laughs> now that I know what I know. Yeah. So you, you got to watch it. You really got to watch it. And cause you can really hurt yourself and some people don't care. They just want to go do it. Just like a buddy, he's like 57 and he likes to mountain bike and <laughs> he just flew off his bike and landed on his shoulder Ooh. and came in for laser and I'm lasering it. And I said, I think this is worse than what I can do with the laser. Ends up yeah. having surgery, comes yeah. in for some more laser afterwards. Three months later, he does it again <laughs> on the same shoulder. I said, man, stop it. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. there's a, it's hard for it's people to yeah. give up something that they love to do, right? Whether oh, it's God, like yes. rock climbing. Athlete. I mean, I'm in California, so surfing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember having one patient come in, have surgery, and then I don't know. Well, I mean, they they had a nerve block in, so basically they were like they felt like superhuman, right. and 
they tried <laughs> they tried to go out there and i was like uh yeah you're hurting today huh yeah you are <laughs> uh, i had a pi patient and for the last three weeks she's gotten better better and better and then she went and helped a church that she goes to do some repair work uh-huh. she felt great and she came in Monday, like, oh my God, I can't walk. And I'm like, well, now you know. <laughs> yeah. You're not healed yet. You still have some tissue damage in there that we're trying to work on. So, yeah. but you know, you, you made a, a good point about people just want to do things because they love it. Yep. And I'm like, that's great, man. I'm here for you when, when you hurt yourself and we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how many other providers you talk to get this question well, how long do I need to come and see you? <laughs> everyone, everyone yeah, like, gets that question. How, how, how many treatments do I need? Yeah. And I'm like, for you, I have no idea. It could be three, six, nine. Uh, my PI patients can go up to nine months of yeah. care because of so much damage. But I love telling patients this. I said, well, there's one way you don't have to see me, but once a year. And they go, how do I do that? said, so you go find yourself an island somewhere that you purchase, and all you do is play and frolic in the ocean. Yeah. And have your staff bring you your, your drinks, and you relax, and you never have any stress in your life ever again. Yeah. Only time you see me is when you invite me to the island. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, you are going to continuously have to see me because you're going to do stuff to yourself that you're going to need help with. Yep. There's just no way around it. Well, I didn't do anything. I just slept last night. I'm like, have you ever recorded yourself sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> People are all over the place <laughs> when they're sleeping. Yeah. You can hurt yourself doing anything. So, yeah. no, definitely. I mean, I was asleep last night and like, I don't know what happened, but <laughs> I felt like something was grabbing me. So I kicked and Uh-oh. I almost fell out of the bed. <laughs> so, that so yes. Good. Things, things do happen. Yeah. Uh, and I have a side time. table right next to me. So, Uh-oh. you know, but um, <laughs> things do happen like that. Freak accidents happen. It is a good thing to know, like, hey, there's people out there like you that are able to, like, help and fix them and get them back to where they want to be, to where they can do their ADLs, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and, you know, go about their day, right? I think even with, like... I'm even thinking about like uh, uh, like pelvic floor therapists, right? It's the same thing, you know, like, is this going to happen again? It might, mm-hmm. might not, you know, but, and I think you would contest this is saying like, as long as you keep up with our, our exercise program and, you know, what we prescribed, it'll keep you out of here, right? Right. But as we know, patients People will fall up. off that. Yeah, absolutely. And then... They'll be like, well, I, you know, I was doing everything and it's like, well, when's the last time you did it? And they're like, oh, three months ago. And they're like, well, it doesn't just stop. <laughs> yeah. 72 hours and you need to start working out again because the muscles are already deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And so in my practice, and sometimes I, man, I'm getting people healthy way too fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you think that to yourself, but the reality of it is, is getting them back to normal and then try to accelerate their normal is, you know, get it even better. And then I really, you know, I'm preventive. I have patients come back every four to six weeks. Let's see how you're doing. And it's hard to get people to understand because I think one of the topics was prevention. Um, You know, what, why it's important to get that every four to six week visit. Mm. And when I look at biomechanics, you know, which is my biggest part of what I do is, is your body moving correctly? Yeah. And if your body's not moving correctly, just stepping off the curb can cause you problems. Yep. And I said, let's prevent that from happening. And the interesting thing is over time, when they wait three months and they come in excruciating pain, I said, now, if you would have come in on your regular preventative appointments, you might have some issues, but you recover faster. Mm-hmm. And I've had patient after patient after patient. I said, listen, 12 visits a year for prevention. Mm-hmm. You might have a flare up here and there versus you don't show up for six months to a year. And then I have to treat you for a month. And it ends up being 12 visits because you're so bad. 
I said, what's better? Prevention and not going through the pain and the dysfunction and being immobilized or getting regular treatments and it's catching it before it becomes a problem. And that takes some effort until patients experience it. I should have been coming. I know I should have been coming. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you should have been. But you're the one that has to deal with it. And that's what I tell a lot of patients. I'm not in your body. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. It really does come down to you. So let's ask you this. What are you doing yourself? Me personally, I hit the gym about three days a week. I like lifting weights. I always have. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big cardio guy, but I like doing the, you know, the two minutes on one minute off on the elliptical. I love yeah. doing that. Um, I don't work out just to work out. I like to work out so I can do other things. Okay. So I used to do martial arts, but then it was too easy to get hurt. So I'm a little risk adverse. <laughs> I mess up these, I'm in trouble. Um, right. Those are your money makers. Yeah. So is this. So is this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to mess this up. Don't want to go in the office with a bruise in my eyes or my face. Cause I okay. used jujitsu too. And a couple elbows in the face, it's not a good look. <laughs> so I stopped doing that, but now I box. Okay. So I work with a trainer and that's what keeps me really going. Yeah. Is boxing. Yeah. I love it. I love, there's just something, if you've ever done it, something to hitting something. <laughs> yeah. And mentally, emotionally, physically, it just feels good. And so I've got this trainer here in Reno. He's ex-pro boxer. And it's been a little bit of a, a technique change because I've spent so many years in martial arts. Boxing's not the same. Yeah. So I do that. And then I live right next to Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. Okay. So whenever I can, I get up there and I, I kayak. Nice. I love the kayaking. Yeah. Um, but I don't ski and I don't do a lot of hiking. I just, that's not my thing. My, I have a tendency with what I do with exercise is like, what's the goal? Let's get it done. Uh-huh. So when I'm hiking, I hike. And it's like, I want to get to A to B. And I don't even notice what's around me. Yeah, I've got to kind of back off on that <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, But yeah, that's what I do. I stay really, really active. And of course, my type of... Uh, Especially is physical, you know, adjusting people is physical. So mm-hmm. I'm very active there. That's why I can't hurt myself. And then I love to bike. I used to road bike fairly long distances, but that's also a potential risk. I hit a couple railroad tracks and flips. <laughs> so oh, that's really? not, yeah, you get your wheel caught. So now I, I, I ride a cruiser. Okay. There <laughs> you go. That is nice and enjoy that. Yeah, that's my extent on the on the exercise part. Nutrition wise, I try to do some keto. Okay, you know, GI track. I try to do some fasting to help the GI track. Yeah, rest. People don't realize that if we are constantly eating, it never rests. Yeah, so we have to do that. And I do a detox twice a year, a liver detox, and then I do a cellular detox every day with this one company I use. So. And then once we get infusions, I'll start getting some vitamin infusions and B12. And I do, I do hormonal balancing myself. Yeah. So my dad's 77 and still doing real well. So I'm trying to do better than him by the time I'm 77. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about the B12. Um, oh, yeah. I used to uh, I used to have like the little vial um, mm-hmm. from, I think it was like Trader Joe's. And I put it under my tongue. Right before my wrestling matches. Oh, yeah. To increase the, the blood flow, increase um, oxygen reuptake and all that. Mm-hmm. So, and it, and it helped. It really helped. So speaking of oxygen, yeah. I always like to see who knows about nitric oxide. What do you mean by it? So nitric oxide is what we need for vasodilation, vasoconstriction. Okay. So I always like to bring up this topic in podcasts because, again, yeah. education, right? Yeah, it was determined back in 1998 after the researchers got the Nobel Peace Prize for determining what nitric oxide does for our cardiovascular system. And it was recommended that every cardiologist in the country 
should be prescribing nitric oxide and nobody knows about it. Okay. So we can definitely communicate on that via email to educate you a little bit about nitric oxide. I mostly got into it because of peripheral neuropathy patients, but now I use it because you were talking about the B12 and the the vasodilation and blood flow. You want to fill blood flow, get on nitric oxide. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. And then I do another company that has a beet juice concentrate and I use that for my workouts Uh that helps with the nitric oxide and the blood flow. Yeah. I don't like the uh, adrenaline heart rate increasing stimulants for workouts. Yeah. Problems. Yeah. So you're not about the the pre-workouts and stuff like that. Um, That's why I like the beet juices Mm -hmm. for the pre-workouts. Okay. They do a similar thing because they increase your blood flow, but they don't increase your heart rate. Let your body do that naturally. Don't use a stimulant. (laughs) Got it. And it doesn't give you the tingles. Right. Exactly. And uh, what else? What else? Well, I mean, I've heard of people doing like, uh, what is that? Uh, Bone, not bone marrow. I think it is bone marrow. Like bone marrow juice. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, well, it, it gives you more iron and the and more elements to be able to create more red blood cells. But yeah, I think vasodilation, vasoconstriction is is the most immediate thing you can do. Uh huh. And it's really big for men with ED. Oh. Yeah, there's a okay. lot a lot of research on that, and it's another topic. It is another topic which we can kind of get into because it's so weird that. I mean, as men, like we don't think of those things. I mean, we do with like, you know, magic pills and stuff, but like we don't prioritize our pelvic floors. No, absolutely not. At all. And it's interesting because I work with a lot of pelvic floor therapists. So I understand this now. But so as a uh, practitioner, are we doing a disservice to, the male population by not talking about it more. Well, <laughs> I talk about it all the time. You do? Okay, that's <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming this is adult rated. <laughs> yeah, it's adult rated. I mean, but does it really need to be? A pelvis is a pelvis. Like, well, it's not. I'm going to get into a couple things here. Since okay. We're bringing it up. So, all my patients, I teach them pelvic tilts. Okay. Yeah. So, that helps increase the movement in the sacroiliac joints. It helps with the lumbar spine. It helps yes. with the synovial fluid, all of that. Mm. And so after I adjust the sacroiliac joints or the lumbar spine, I have patients when they're lying down and they roll in their side and sit up. When they're standing up, they're always doing pelvic tilts. I just ask them not to do it standing in the grocery store line. So that can get them in trouble. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the first part is the movement. Yes. So once I get them doing movement, then I start having them, you know, bring the belly button in towards the spine, contract yep. the glutes, contract yep. the quads, contract the hamstrings. So they're working that whole core. And if the people can't move their pelvis because they all do it from their hips, yeah, their pelvis, they have no idea what their pelvis is. So how are they going to work the, the pelvic floor if they can't even work the pelvis, right? Yeah. So all of my patients, we got shirts that say got pelvic tilts. It is oh, a there big we go. deal nice. in our practice, a big deal. And so I know a patient by whether or not they're doing pelvic tilts. <laughs> and so it's a real fun joke in this practice, but that's where it all starts. But then for men, I ask them, when's the last time you couldn't roll over in bed? And like, what, what do you mean? I said, have you had a nocturnal erection in the last week? Yeah, well, I haven't had those in years. I said, that's a problem. I said, understand that our body naturally has those during the night Uh in order for the tissue inside the penis to expand and keep the, the sponge material healthy. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, that's part of the mechanical issue we start having in our 40s, 50s and on. Yeah. And so if you don't have that, then there's a problem. And the first thing I do is I get them on nitric oxide. Nitric there it, oxide. There it is. There it is again. It's it's amazing. <laughs> the, the, the company I work with actually has a bunch of information, a bunch of videos specifically yeah. on what the nitric oxide does 
to the tiny capillaries inside the penis itself to allow it to vasodilate. So when you look at men in the ED that are having problems with ED uh-huh. and they're doing Viagra and they're doing Cialis and they're they're doing all the different yeah. meds, 50% of them, it doesn't work. Why? Because the mechanics are off. And then they go to the pumps and they go to all these things when all they really needed to do was get nitric oxide into their system. It's that friggin' crazy. It's uh-huh. that simple. And you do nitric oxide and you do one of those, you're going to be up for a while. <laughs> I mean, not asleep. That's funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, I mean, that's good that they, you're educating like that. Yeah. Particularly men. You know, women are looking to get help, but men are like, they don't want to talk about it. No. They do not want to talk about it. But I say, guys, you got to talk about this. Yes. And it needs to be talked about in men's circles. That's where it needs mm-hmm. to really start. Where like talking about it with your friends. I mean, I talk about it with my friends just because it's like, if there is someone dealing with something, it's like, cool. Actually, I know a pelvic floor therapist. She can help you out or right. he can help you out, you know, because I have that network of people. Right. But. And there it is, referral sources, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but it really needs to just be that way and just be talked about. So then it becomes a normal topic. And then when it's brought up in a conversation, people don't either, one, they close off and they shut down mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, this is getting a little too personal. I need to get out of here kind of thing. Right. And it's like, it's not, I mean, it is personal, but it's like, you care about other people, right? And then two, it makes it to where it's not taboo in, mm-hmm. in the conversations with people. And then even like I have a client, they're a pelvic floor therapist and they wanted to sponsor their kid's soccer team. <laughs> okay. All right. Their business is called Empower Your Pelvis, right? Empower? Empower Your Pelvis. Okay. Okay. So... They went to, to to the league to sponsor. They said no because your um your name is too vulgar, right? Oh man. But then a week later, they come back and they have Dick's sporting goods as their <laughs> right? As their sponsor. It's like, come on. Come on. Oh, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's people don't get it. That's again, education, education, you know. Mm-hmm. And now I've got men coming to me. When do I get to get my testosterone tested? And, you know, we get your blood flow going first and see if that fixes it again, non-invasive. And then we start looking at testosterone implants. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing for men. Cause as males, our testosterone level usually starts dropping around 35. And And in this environment with all the estrogen in our foods and the plastics and everything else and the stress and the cortisone level and the lack of sleep and all of those things, no wonder men are having issues with it. And boy, when, when you put them on the, put them on these things and get them their men's because it's andropause, it's male menopause. Mm. Um, They don't, men don't realize that. Nope. It's like, why do women, as they get older, start looking like men because the hair over their lips? And why do men start looking like women? Because they're getting all, it's because men are getting more estrogen and women are getting more testosterone. It's wow. an imbalance. Yeah. And it needs to be fixed. Yep. Yeah. So then do you think, <laughs> let's talk about social content here, social media. Um, do you think we as healthcare providers should be putting out more social content on that to attract those not i guess educate but also attract those patients to like hey this is actually something we do and we help with well i'm working with a company right now to start putting all of you know hormone balancing into play okay within our practice and we are going to do a lot of social media because i think even providers that do it aren't are hiding it you know and i really don't have a problem talking about it. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about it and we're going to be doing it in our practice because, okay, I feel great, but I still don't have the energy and I, I still, you know, have issues that I don't really want to talk about. I'm like, well, let's take care of those other issues. 
Yeah. I mean, I just had a patient the other day and I said, I said, okay, take it easy this week. And I don't want you to have too much fun. She goes, well, can I have a little fun? I'm like, <laughs> we can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> how, to, how to prevent you from hurting yourself <laughs> yeah. doing those things correctly. So, you know, in our practices, we know patients are sexual. And so if we don't address that and help them with that from, I have low back pain and I haven't been able to be with my spouse for six months, that causes a strain. So, yeah, you know, so we've got to talk about that. I've actually have one patient, which positions can I do? And I said, this is what you want to do. This is yeah. what's going to protect your back. Yeah. And that's constantly, and they, they, I think it's just who I am and how open I am. They don't have a problem asking me, but yeah. I think as providers, we need to let people know that there is ways to deal with this and to have a fulfilled life, man. It's, yes. You know, it's a shame not to have that. Yes. And then also, Hey, if you're a provider and you don't know, find someone resource mm -hmm. in your area in your network, like we were talking about in the very beginning of this episode, yeah. that you can refer out to, put them in their loop, and right. then, okay, now they're back. All right, put them back to your loop. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's funny though, Nathan, when you, for me, because I see patients often. So when you see patients like we do in our practice, they start looking to you for those treatments. Mm -hmm. You know, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm comfortable with you. I don't want to go to anybody else kind of thing. So that's also a big driver for me, you know, having enough providers here that can provide the resources. We're even looking at having a therapist come in. Uh, because we can deal with the physical, we can deal with the chemical imbalances, but I can only do so much when it comes to the mental. And if we get all of that balanced, then they're a lot more open to dealing with their past and their what's blocking them from yes. having a fulfilling life. So we're even looking at doing that. So it's going to be full circle, physical, mental, emotional. It's all all part of who we are as human beings. Yep. All right, Dr. Tom, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. So for my listeners, they know this is towards the end of the podcast and mm -hmm. you've listened to some of it. So you know that this is part where we bust out these things called pod decks and they kind of just help us dive a little more into you. We're going to draw three cards and then mm -hmm. we will end it there. Sounds good. All right. What do you geek out about? <laughs> feel like we kind of already touched it here a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, professionally, you know, learning, but absolutely. But on a personal level, I geek out about music. Yeah. I you're, love, you're a guitarist. I am a guitarist. I've been in a couple bands and I love sound. Um, oh. I love, you know, really getting a good um, sound system together in a theater and the first real sound system I had, the company came in and you could literally feel, we watched Lonesome Dove or some Western, you could literally feel the bullets fly past you. That's kind of cool. Okay. Because of vibration. Yeah. And that, that I, I really geek out about that. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about this, kind of go more towards business a little bit. So okay. how important is goal setting to being successful? Oh, huge. To me, and not everybody's able to do this, but for me, I visualize, I forecast. And I don't think if you don't do that, you're not going to get there. So I've wanted to do an integrated practice for 15 years. And I've trained a lot of other doctors. This is what you do. This is how you put it together. This is who you want. But I hadn't been doing it because I've been working on my other businesses. So mm -hmm. Since 2015, I said, I need to put one of my own together. And I went through a lot of different providers. Not everybody that is a provider is an entrepreneur. <laughs> they just want a paycheck. Yeah. So it's difficult to find those type of partners. Yep. So then I finally had to make a decision. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm not going to have a partner. 
And it took five years just to get an established business again. And it's mm-hmm. my fifth practice, but not here. And so I did that. And now two weeks ago, we just moved and doubled the size, have rooms for all the providers. And now they're coming to me. And so, but that was something I, I've been visualizing for 15 years because I'd seen it, I'd done it, I'd been a part of it. Yeah. It was never mine. And then three years ago, it's like, that's the location I want. And then COVID hit. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna have to back off for a little bit. And then January, I said, it's time. That's my vision. I got to put it in place. And now we're here. So 100%, you got to set those goals. You got to start putting those things in place or else it'll never happen. Uh-huh. You'll keep doing the same thing every day. And what, what do they say? If you you want the same thing, continue doing it and you'll never have anything else. Yeah. You know? So there's another saying about it, but it's really true. If you expect a different outcome, then do something different. different. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. But there's also those times where I know as entrepreneurs, we get um, <laughs> sidetracked, right? Oh, yeah. Squirrel. It's like, squirrel. squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> yep. There's a freeway exit here. Oh, I'm going to go this way. And oh, then yeah. you, you get off track and you're like, I've got where the heck own... was I going? <laughs> Three years ago, four years ago, I had somebody come to me and I almost started my own CBD company. Oh, okay. I've got a bottle right over there with the name of it, Doctors Medical Nutrition. And they're like, okay, that's totally taking me off track. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's easy for us entrepreneurs to. So, from my perspective, to any business owner, is if you're going to do something, make sure it's in line with what you're doing. Yes. Right. That's why these podcasts are in line with what I'm doing. It's part of my marketing, it's part of my education, it's part mm-hmm. of me getting to meet other people in this space. And I like doing that. I like talking and communicating with that. So it's not like I'm talking about, you know, some new video game. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I like video games, but that has nothing to do with what my business is, right? So don't get sidetracked on doing something that's totally outside your realm of expertise or how you're going to make your business successful. Yeah. All right. Last question. Yes. What were you most afraid of this year? This is related to business, but you can mm-hmm. go personal if you want. Um, what I was afraid of this year is doing what I'm doing, you know, okay. stepping out, making a commitment, putting the money towards it um, and, you know, still doing it on my own. Now, yeah. I don't have a partner. This was me and me alone. And now that it's accomplished, mm-hmm. Um, people are like, you did this? I'm like, yeah, I did this. I did it in five weeks. We moved, we got the place, demolitioned it, moved in five weeks. Wow. And people are like, how did you do this? I'm like, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Yeah. I knew exactly what I wanted. Everything. And so, but that's still, you know, that the wake up, I have been <laughs> the last, about four or five weeks ago, waking up at two o'clock in the morning, going, oh, what about this? What about that? <laughs> you know, yeah. as entrepreneurs, we're all hands in everything, right? And it's just, and this is something my dad, my dad taught me a long time ago. He goes, don't worry about what you're doing. Just show up every morning. And <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I do. I just, I get out of bed and I show up at 7.30. And that's been the biggest <laughs> biggest influence on me out of everything. Yeah. Just show up. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Let's hit the high <laughs> button on that. <laughs> I think that's big. I think that, you know, out of all of that, everything that we said here, just show up show for up. your patients, show up for your clients, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything <laughs> will just kind of work. It works its way out. Yep. And don't worry too, man. I mean, you know, I've gotten so many people, what about this? What about that? Don't worry about it right now. What can you do right at the moment? And the majority of the time, that works itself out without you even touching it. Yep. You know, so just show up. <laughs> and I think what you even right there was like control the controllable. Right. Work the plan. You know, don't yep. try to control. I mean, I'll just give one example. Six weeks ago, I asked the sign company. I want you to move my sign 
from my current clinic and move it over to the other location. Okay, no problem. Following week, how's it going? Everything's fine. Third week, hey, how are we looking? Are we ready to do that? Yeah, we got you scheduled. All right, great. They pull the sign the week that we're moving. Okay, huh? that was a Tuesday. Thursday, why is the sign not up yet? Oh, I don't know. I'll find out why they haven't put it up. We're practicing on Monday. No sign. The lease sign's still up at the top. Uh, why is my sign up? Oh, we have to get approval from the management group. What? We've been talking about this for five, six weeks. What do you mean? Now you're asking as I've already moved in. Yeah. Out of my control. Yep. I can't do anything about it. And it's not worth stressing over. Not worth the energy. No. Yeah. Patients are still finding me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, Dr. Tom, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. For the listeners that listen today and they're like, hey, I really enjoyed listening to uh, Dr. Tom today and they want to work with you in some capacity or, you know, find a little bit more about you. How can they do that? Go to our website, ActiveLifeReno.com. Okay. ActiveLifeReno.com. And then we also have ActiveLifeNeuro.com for patients with neuropathy. We help them throughout the country. Perfect. Well, again, I want to thank you for coming on. And then for listeners, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe for more episodes. Peace, guys. For more inspiring conversations like this one, I invite you to join my free Facebook group, Healthcare Hacks and Connections. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, be sure to follow our socials on Instagram, the podcast underscore doc, and Nate Novice on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.